Hello and welcome to the Daily Phys Ed for Wednesday the 25th of October. My name is Nathan Horn from iPhysEd.com and this is the Daily Phys Ed, a daily physical education podcast where I share reflections on my teaching practice, tips, techniques, strategies, technology tools and all other things physical education. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Uh, today, Wednesday the 25th of October, it was a day two on no, sorry, day one on my eight-day rotation here um, at Meadowridge School in British Columbia, Canada. Now, day one sees me spend some time with some grade fives, with some grade fours, and with some grade threes. Now, the grade fives this morning, uh, we played a few different games. We were working on uh, some prairie dog pickoff which is a fantastic game, uh, which I got from thephysicaleducator.com, and you can find out more information about that one by going to thephysicaleducator.com and, and checking out the games uh, database on there. Prairie Dog Pickoff, basically what happens is uh, every student has a pin or a cone um, and a hoop, and the pin or cone uh, serves as a prairie dog, and the hoop serves as the prairie dog hole. Now, essentially what players are trying to do is to take a ball and to throw it at another player's prairie dog. If they're able to knock that prairie dog over, then they uh, get that person and their prairie dog to come and join them in a new prairie dog colony. Um, And the game goes on and on and on, and the colonies get bigger and bigger and bigger until there is only one colony left. Now, the kids uh, love the game. They did a really good job of it. there was some issues uh, with some of the classes. I did this with the grade fives and the grade fours today. Uh, with some of the classes where they were deliberately trying to uh, have their prairie dog knocked over so that they could join with their friends. Um, so we talked about being principled and following the rules and making sure that we were um, trying our best and giving our all rather than deliberately trying to lose. So that created some good conversation starters there as well and really as a teacher what that made me realize is that uh, there may have been some holes in the rules some holes in the way that I designed the game um, and that the students were able to find those holes they were able to exploit those rules um, and to actually they were being successful in the game they just found an alternative way of being successful so as a teacher when those things happen it's really easy just to get frustrated it's easy to uh, become um, upset with with the students and, and to sort of um, try to make them play by the rules. But actually, I think that it, it more is a reflection on the teaching and the way that you've introduced the game and the way that you've designed the game and the constraints that you've made within the game that if the students are able to find holes within the rules or ways to exploit certain areas of the game, it just tells you that maybe that game needs to be designed a little bit differently. Maybe some rules need to be added to make sure that the game uh, runs a little bit more successfully in terms of trying to meet those outcomes that you want it to meet. So that was the grade fives and the grade fours. The grade threes today worked on uh, developing some further um, skills. Last week we worked on developing their running and galloping and skipping. We looked at uh, the students who created their own student-led success criteria for what it looks like to be a successful uh, runner, skipper, and galloper. Today we looked at some manipulative skills. We looked at overhand throwing and underhand throwing. We went through the same process of what does it look like to be successful. So using those habits of successful learners uh, mural that uh, I have posted up on the wall in the gym, we talked about the idea of visualizing success. What does it look like to be successful? Can you visualize yourself being successful in performing this skill? So the students looked at uh, head, again, head and body. What should they be doing with their head and body? What should they be 
doing with their arms and what should they be doing with their legs in each of those skills, overhand throwing and underhand throwing. Now we took it a little bit further as well in terms of asking the students what sports would we use these skills? So where would we use an overhand throw and where would we use an underhand throw? Um, and in what situations might we find ourselves um, that one of those throws would be more beneficial than the other? Um, and the students are able to identify that an overhand throw is better for distance and power um, and an underhand throw is better for things that are closer um, and maybe a little bit more accurate. So students did a great job um, at providing feedback to each other and being able to give each other those, uh, I guess, direct feedback on specific areas of their technique to help them to improve their ability to be able to overhand throw and underhand throw. Then this afternoon, uh, after the grade threes, I had the grade fives for their DPA block. Now DPA at our school, as I've mentioned before, um, I have all of the classes at that grade level. So grade uh, five, there being um, three classes at that grade level. I had 64 students with me in the gym uh, with one of the other grade five teachers this afternoon. And to be honest, it was fairly chaotic. Um, 64 kids and two teachers. Um, in a large open space um, really lends itself to some crazy uh, noise um, and it, it actually was a really difficult time. I had the students, we were trying to work on a really fun game um, that I've actually played before at teacher training conferences, at the APEC conference was one of the, the times that I played this game. Um, and basically how it works is it's like a rock, paper, scissor knockout. So everybody starts um, individually, you rock, paper, scissor, if you win, you then go um, and join behind the person that you lost, uh, sorry, if you lose, you join behind the person that you lost to and you start supporting them and cheering them. So um, what ends up happening is now you're in a group of two, you're supporting the person that's winning. If they win again, then all of the people, the two people that they faced off against will now join, you're now in a team of four and the teams just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger until uh, there is only one team basically. So it'll get down to two large teams and then it'll be a final uh, face-off for the win. Now, I did that with the grade fives with 64 students um, and actually to be to be completely honest, uh, there were a few students that had a little bit of a difficult time being principled and following the rules. Um, when they lost, they didn't necessarily want to join uh, the other team and cheer them on and then they started uh, breaking off and trying to, to go again. So we had to stop a few times actually and talk about the idea of being principled and what it meant to be principled and why rules exist in games um, and what the point of rules are. And, and there was a few students that were, were able to reflect and identify that the reason that rules exist in a game or a sport is to one, make it safe and two, to make it fair, and three, to make it fun. And if we don't have rules, then it, it is really chaotic and people can do whatever they like and it won't be safe and it won't be fun and it won't be fair. So um, it did, although the activity didn't run maybe as well as I'd hoped it would run, the positives out of it was that it did enable us to have um, a really good conversation as a large group of 64 around the idea of being principled and making sure that we're following the rules to, to ensure that it is fun, it's safe, um, and it's enjoyable and fair for everybody. Uh, so hopefully uh, the next time that I have all of those students together or I have the grade fives individually as smaller classes, um, they're able to reflect upon on that this afternoon and remember why it is that the rules exist within the games that we play. So that was about uh, it for my day in terms of my teaching day. 
there was uh, not a lot of time left today outside of those le- outside of those lessons for me to get much off my to-do list. But as I as I did mention, um, over the next couple of days, especially on Friday, I have a whole day with my department, uh, with all of the members of my department, to have a day for planning and um, working on department goals and and, and uh, just spending some time together in the department to grow professionally. As a department, um, I mentioned previously that our goals um, exist around trying to develop our approaches to teaching, as well as trying to streamline some of our planning and resources into um, one online space using SharePoint. So we'll do a little bit of work around that on Friday. So looking forward to that. So really for today, that is about it. I'm on my way home to see my family and spend some relaxing time with them. The end of another good day at Meadowridge School. It is Wednesday the 25th of October and this has been the Daily Phys Ed. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.